Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And I have shocking news for you today, Elizabeth. Ooh, oh my goodness. How wonderful. To start this out shocking, shocking. And I learned it on Instagram. So it must be true. <laughs> okay, here's the question. Huh. How often do you change the sheets that you and Jay sleep in or sleep on? Once a week. Do you really? Yeah. I do not. Yeah. We're like, we're like maybe every two weeks. Okay. Well, let me be. And, and then it could extend if I'm feeling lazy. So That's I will tell you that truth. I have this built in because we have a wonderful housekeeper who comes every two oh. weeks. Oh. I used to have someone come every week and then now it's every two weeks. And frankly, what? I liked every week better, but alas, here we are. And, yes. um, so <laughs> I, and then I change them on the other weeks, but I don't do it for my kids. My kids are every two weeks unless and something happens. And you don't just blow it off and wait to every two weeks so that someone else will change your sheets. No, because I really like the feeling of fresh sheets. Okay. So this is what I learned on Instagram. Like this woman was saying uh, the ideal is for most people should be once a week mm-hmm. because of all, you know, dead skin cells yeah, and all that stuff that I don't want to think about. It's disgusting. But that, she said, you know, it could be even better to change it a couple times a week. Can this you is, imagine? A couple um, times a week? This is shocking to me. This is interesting that you bring this up, though, because I actually just had this thought about pillowcases. Yeah. I thought I need to be changing my pillowcase more often. The sheets, I think once a week is fine, but I think yeah. my pillowcase like every couple days. And so I thought to myself, self, I should put a little <laughs> stack of pillowcases in my nightstand and then I could switch it out every couple of days. Well, I move, I'm going to really try to do once a week. I've just gotten in the habit and I've done this for like three months, Elizabeth, where I'm making my bed every day. Yeah. It's every a good day. feeling, isn't it? I do it. It's you know what? Awesome. I, yes. And what changed me is that we now have a nanny. So our nanny is here full time and our baby's room, Heathcliff's room, you go through our room to get to the baby's room because it's a sunroom off of our right. bedroom. Right. So that's where the nursery is. And so I just like feel weird about her having to walk through like our unmade bed. Like, I feel like that's right. weird, you know? Right. And so it's like, that's been such a good thing for me though, because now I obsessively make the bed every single day because I don't want her to walk through and be like, oh, there's their dirty yeah. sheets. That's yeah. gross. I have tried to have this habit so many times. I've tried to, to, to habituate that. And I have not been able to sustain it until this last time. And now I cannot, I cannot stand it if the bed isn't made in the morning. It feels so good to me. 
So I like, I like the idea of maybe getting into the once week have it on sheets and then, and I really like that idea about pillowcases. Let's do a little stack, a little stack in the nightstand. Yeah. Because don't you end up with a lot of pillowcases? Like I have a lot of white pillowcases for some reason. I think they just like come with sheets and then if you get rid of sheets, the pillowcases are usually still okay. Right. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try the once a week, but, but I did find it shocking that somebody was actually saying, you should change your sheets a couple of times a week. Now I would love that because I, who doesn't love the feeling of clean sheets, but I, I know that's impossible for me. So I'm going to shoot for the once a week, but I was still shocked even by the once a week. I had always thought it was like the ideal was every two weeks and I didn't even always quite live up to that. That, yeah. Once I I got, that was the pro, that's the thing though. Like once we had housekeepers, when we had them here every week, and they oh. would change the sheets every week. I was like, hot diggity dog. This is the that way to live life. Luxury. Yeah. That and that was a long time. Read. Oh, that's so great. Nice. Uh, it is October. So we're doing watch, read, listen today. I have such a good list that I'm so happy about. Ooh, I'm excited about my list too. And I just do want to tell you that I woke up to the first coating of snow <gasps> on the ground in Minnesota today. This is Friday what? as we're recording this and there was straight up snow. Now I think it's going to be 60 and okay, but it's at that point where I don't want to turn on the full boiler system at our house. So my yeah. nose is like frozen. So if I sniffle, it's because <laughs> I'm up in the third floor and then there's no heat and it's freezing up here. You're cold. No, and I'm just like, You're I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to put some wool socks on. It'll be fine. Actually, now that you say that, I'm looking at you. And I think the little tip of your nose is a little red. It's red. It's cold. <laughs> yes. But we are getting into prime sauna season. So I am also okay. very happy about that because you know how much I love and obsess over my sauna. And so when I turn that on, it's it'll like warm. Turn it on. It'll be warm and I'll sit in there and I'll just feel great. So well, we'll speed this up because your little nose. Now I'm going to obsess over your little nose. She's so cold. It's she's cold. Like, you start shivering. Um, it is cold up here. Whew. I have such a great recommendation for everybody for, for my watch for this month. It's Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Have Ooh. you seen this pop, pop up on Netflix? No, I don't know anything about this. Oh my goodness. Okay. Not only are you going to watch this, but I guarantee you, you're going to want to talk about it on Twin Cities Live. You are going to want to talk about this show. So it's out of South Korea. Um, I haven't done enough research to know if Netflix commissioned it or they just bought it produced. You know how everything works now. Oh, I'm sure they bought it. Don't you think? My feeling is they just bought it. But it is, it is about a young woman who has just graduated from law school and she is the first, and this is fictional, obviously, she is the first autistic attorney, the first autistic uh, person to graduate from law school. That's the premise of the show. Okay. And then she gets a job at one of the major law firms. And she's brilliant and she has a photographic memory. And so as an attorney, she is very talented because she can make connections that other people can't quite make because they can't hold in their head what she can hold in her head. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. And it's a really interesting look at how perhaps the South Korean culture looks at autism. Um, mm. There are some really interesting sort of subplots and themes that are so culturally different from what we know and what we understand. It's all in Korean. Um, so with subtitles, I just saw on Netflix though, that the, the, the dubbed version is dropping on the 17th of October. 
I would encourage you not to watch the dub version. It'll, I know for a fact it'll be so distracting. It's so much better to watch it in Korean with subtitles. I think you're right. Um, but the actress who plays the lead character, attorney Wu is charming and adorable. And, but it's, and also from, I think what you would enjoy is from a production standpoint, it has a very Asian flavor. So if you've ever been, or if you've in any way have looked at sort of Asian productions, they can be, some of them can be, or sort of any sort of, I mean, I'm, I want to say if you've ever been to Japan or if you, even if you look at sort of Instagram accounts out of Asia, yeah, there's a real, there can be a real childlike quality to graphics and things like that. This is so graphically interesting um, that I think you would find that, that sort of compelling as well. But all of that aside, I enjoyed it so much. It's 13 episodes. It's so different from anything I've ever watched before. Um, I see 16 episodes. Did you watch all of them? Oh, maybe not. Yeah. I think I did. I watched the finale. It's interesting how they all, um, they're all different lengths too. You know, I always like to know yeah. how long I'm in for, but they're all over an hour. <laughs> they're all over the an hour. The finale episode was 83 minutes. So that was I watched that pretty one. long. Oh, I watched that fun. Episode, okay. So. Good. This so is 16, great. not 13, but it was wonderful. So it's, it's going to be about 20 hours of viewing. Um, but I think, I think, I think it's compelling and it's Ooh. different. And I always, you know, we can get so stuck in the sameness of media. This just sort of surprised me and I love being surprised. So it was really, really fun. This makes me want to pop over to this great place called Bop and Chicken in St. Paul, which is like Korean American food Ooh. and then get takeout and then watch this. And I would be oh, like, Ooh. I think and then find plan. like a really great like K beauty mask to put on my face after and then consume this. I can do yes. a whole vibe. It'd be a whole thing. Mm, That's I like thing. it. And I, I think that is even better way to watch it. And maybe I'll do that and rewatch it. <laughs> Sounds fun. Okay. Yeah. I watched something very cheesy, but just very lovely on Amazon Prime. It's called The Summer I Turned Pretty. And it's based Aww. on a book and it's a little series about like this teenage girl who has been going with her family um, to their family friend's summer house. And they spend the entire summer there and they've been doing this their entire lives. And, um, and then this summer is the summer she turns pretty. And it's just sort of funny because it's like, you know, that summer where, where a lot of like young women sort of shift from like this awkward preteen to like a blossoming teenager. And then it what does that mean for me. her? <laughs> it never happens to me. I don't there was believe no blossoming. it. I don't was believe no it. It's one it season. Really- though. Is it really a summer for you? No, it wasn't really a summer, but you can just, yeah, well, it's just like that shift of like when you're a little kid to then when like boys start to notice you or, and you notice them and there's just like a different vibe going on. It's, um, I, here's what I want to tell you. I don't want you to get like thinking this is going to be anything life changing. It's just like (laughs) a fun little thing to watch. And, um, and I really enjoyed it. I, I also watched, um, gosh, that new Mila Kunis movie. I got to figure out the name of it. I shouldn't do this while we're on the podcast. Um, I watched that and it was so heavy and so intense. Oh, it's called Luckiest Girl Alive. That's another one that's based on, that's based on a book. Right. Um, and it was really dark and I kept thinking about it for like five days and I was very stressed. And then I'm like, I need to watch something lighter. So then I watched the summer I turned pretty. So if you want like sort of girl and then a little bit of high school stuff, um, these are both options for you. You know, it's funny as you get older, 
you can't go as far back as you used to be able to. Do you know what I mean? So you, like in your forties, I think you could still go back and watch things about high school. Like I'm sure I did. And now where I am, like, I find I can only go sort of to movies that sort of have like 30 year olds in them. (laughs) Like you can't go, you can't go that deep back because it just feels weird um, and kind of silly. But I I may watch that. I may do that. I can't watch the dark one. It's like a summer beach read. Yeah. The dark one is had, um, let, I, I should be very clear too, cause there were some, um, assault scenes that really were troubling for me and continue to haunt my brain. So go at it cautiously. I'm in a place right now where I can't do anything that's going to haunt my brain. That's what happened. And I knew. And as I turned it on, I thought I'm probably, this probably isn't a good idea, but I like Mila Kunis and I kind of like, liked the idea and it was set in New York and I sort of just like wanted to watch it. And then I, at the end, I'm like, that was such a bad idea for me to do this. I walked upstairs the other night and Ian was watching Blue Velvet. I'm like, okay. You'll be in this room by yourself. I'm Jay was watching the Dom, the Jeffrey Dahmer thing the other night. And I came downstairs. I was going up to go to bed and then he turned it on and I came back down because I'd forgotten my book. And so I came back to get it and he's like, oh, wait, I should ask you, do you want me to wait and watch this with you? And I was like, hell to the no, no, no. (laughs) I I don't even want to hear it. I don't even like that. I just saw a a screenshot of it on my way to the living room to get my book. No, no, I don't want to watch it. And I asked the students last week what they were watching. And a couple of them said they were watching that. Oh yeah. A lot of people are watching it. No, I I can't can't. either. I can't. Um, what are you reading? What I'm reading. Mm -hmm. So I can't watch high school, but I am studying children's literature. So I'm reading Harriet the Spy. Oh, that's fun. That's a good reminder. Yeah. I gotta get that book. I loved that book as a child, loved it so, so much. And it's so funny to go back and reread it because, you know, there was some banning of Harriet the Spy. Um, Mm. in certain school districts a while back, I can't give you the whole news story, but basically because she's so, she can be so mean. Oh, kind of bratty. And I would like to welcome you to children's stories. Gosh, guys, they're mean kids. Well, and the thing is, is she's not, she's not really mean. Like it's, it's, Mm. it's when you reread it, it's you understand it. And I understand now why I liked it so much as a child is what she is, is she's really honest with her thoughts. She journals. I mean, if you haven't read it, I'm not going to blow it for you, but it's a little girl who pretends she's a spy and she journals and writes about, um, she writes descriptions about everybody she sees, including her classmates. Her classmates find the journal and, you know, that's the second half of the story. But I remember loving it so much as a kid. And when I try and think, like, I try and really think back, like, why did I love this as a kid? I I would guess that part of it is just the seeing a child being able to express themselves. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And I, you know, the, the idea that what she's saying is mean or judgmental because in our sort of more sensitive culture, which I enjoy and I believe in, she says some things that are, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, she, she can be very harsh. And so I think to, to today's sensibilities, it's kind of shocking, but at the same time, if you look at it, that she's a little girl who's expressing herself in her private journal, don't we want our kids to feel like they have a safe space to express themselves? And that's what she's doing. So yeah, I'm yeah. really enjoying it. Oh, that's an interesting discussion for another podcast. That just makes me think a lot about how we're talking. Do we always have to be so nice all the time? We're like so nice, but we're so mean. We're like, it's like a weird dichotomy right now, you know, in, the, in this time. In this, well, it's yeah. Like only I, being so perfect is accepted, but then at the same time, we're the worst. It's very like 
binary thinking. I would like a little bit more middle of the road, personally. It would help the whole country. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a big discussion. And my mind, as I was trying to respond to you, my mind was like thinking about what you were saying. I was like, are you there? Did we lose the connection? (laughs) It's like, what'd you say? I said, I I thought, are you there? Did we lose the connection? No, no, no. It was just, it was such a big thought, Elizabeth, that you distracted me from little thoughts. Um. But we could have, we could have, we could have, we could talk hours about oh, that. But yeah, man. so, um, but Harriet the Spy, I think the, probably the age level is probably eight to 10 or 11. Um, if you have a precocious reader or what I used to do with my kids on books that were sort of in that middle young adult is I would just read them to the kids. Um, yeah. I need to get so, that for, um, I'm looking at holiday gifts already, you know, that's a good one yep, to add to the list because yep. we don't have that book. It's, good idea. It's something. Um, okay. I just read a book called The Ski Jumpers by Peter Guy. Peter Guy is a local, he's a Minneapolis author. He's very good. I've read several of his, his books and I really like him. And I was recently on, um, that plane to London and back and I read the whole book on a flight oh, nice. and that always feels good. And yeah. also kind of like, oh shoot, I'm sad that that's over, but I really found this story to be great and interesting. And sometimes I have to tell myself to read fiction because I'll read so much nonfiction. Like I'll read all this health and wellness stuff, you know, and then I'm like, boy, you need to read a story and lighten up a little bit, you know? (laughs) So this one is really, um, is really good. So it's about this family and it's based in Minnesota, which I always love. He, he, he always writes about Minnesota. Um, this family of ski jumpers, And so this family that has these Nordic roots and their ski jumpers and the relationships within the family, and it goes back to kind of the bizarre way that this family started. And it's two brothers and a mom and a dad. And um, you find out so much about this family. And I think just the way that Peter weaves stories is really interesting to me and well done. Like he, he seamlessly goes from time period to time period and makes you feel like you're just all along for the ride. It's just great oh, stories great. and great characters and they're interesting and they're fun. How do his books sell? I don't know. I you hope know. they sell well because I think he's wonderful. Um, I think, I think these local authors, I just love that that life exists. Yeah. I just wonder how he how he does it, but that's safe from the sea and the lighthouse road. The lighthouse road was the one that I picked for a twin cities live book club. And that's when I met Peter and then, Oh, or maybe it was safe from the sea. I know I've read both of them and loved both of them, Um, but he, this is, let's see, this is his eighth book. It looks like that's listed on his, um, so clearly he's surviving. He's doing great. And he has cool cool covers for his books too. Like however he's picking those. I mean, don't judge a book by its cover, but also, hey, nice cover. I like right, it. There you go. It's great. Okay. What are you listening to? Um, I'm feeling very 1970s. Don't wow. know Wow. I'm kind of stuck in the 70s. So I think Ian started it. Um, It's his fault. But there's something really wonderful about, even though I know Alexa is eavesdropping on my life yeah. and taking notes and yeah. doing all sorts of things that I don't want her to do. This, this is true. There is something wonderful, and don't sue me. I don't know that any of that's true, but it feels like she's eavesdropping on me. I don't think anyone's going to sue you, and I think everybody everybody thinks that. That's why people unplug them. They, okay. it's, well, it's a whole fear, and it's a legitimate it's a fear. fear. Um, what I do love is Ian and I will be lying in bed at night, and it, my husband you know, did morning music radio for many years. Also, 
never forgets anything. So he can dig out songs for moods in a moment. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good quality. Oh, it's amazing. So if we're just lying in bed, he'll be like, Alexa play, Alexa play. And he'll, cause I'll forget what I love. Yeah. You know, we all sort of forget. Oh my God. I used to love that song. Yeah. So he's been playing a lot of Van Morrison, mm. a lot of James Taylor. Yeah. Boy, and I was ben listening Morrison's- to some James Taylor the other night. What did you say? I said I was listening to some James Taylor the other night. It's such what a- What were you loving? Remind- I, it was, I've been telling A-L-E-X-A to just play acoustic guitar music. And so then some oh, James Taylor's just been popping up and it's been a very nice mix. You know, it's a really, it's just where my head is. And so it sort of perfectly fits my mood, but I just, some of the songs that he pulled up, um, of course, someone like you, Van Morrison, yeah, 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 which is like in every romantic comedy. So sometimes you have to let it go because it gets so overused. <laughs> but if you just listen to it with fresh ears, it's such a beautiful, beautiful song. And then Moon Dance, which is a beautiful song. Um, Ian actually, <laughs> he's so funny. We couldn't sleep. And so he's like, I'm just going to go outside. He's like, come outside. And then he just started singing and we were dancing outside. Oh my gosh. You guys are, you guys are living in a romantic comedy. This is amazing. (laughs) This is your life. No wonder you were listening to that song. It's the soundtrack to your actual life. It is beautiful. And then very sweet. Shower the people with James Mm -hmm. Taylor, such a beautiful song. And then Carolina in my mind, I've always loved that song very much. And then sweet baby James. And so I was listening to that again. And then a Dixie Chicks version popped up oh, with fun. James Taylor. Ooh. It was awesome. You forget about the Dixie Chicks. You just now they're called the t- the Chicks. The they dropped the like Dixie. The Dixie. They're just they, the Chicks? Yeah, they dropped the Dixie. There was a, you know, yeah. Dixie has some connotations from history that aren't great. And so then they, they dropped it. Um, I, I keep thinking, though, as you said, that you're so into the 70s right now. I keep thinking of all these memes that have been popping up, which are like, when someone talks about something being 30 years ago, my mind immediately goes to the 70s. And then I realize they're talking about 1993. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's why it's a meme, because that's mind-blowing. Isn't of course. My son's, my son's 31. Yeah. So when it's like 30 years ago, oh, well, 30, 30 years ago, we didn't have this. It, well, 30 years ago was 1993. 1992, you know, you picking and up so what I'm throwing down. The 70s yeah. is 50 years ago. Time marches on, my friend. Time <laughs> marches on. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, I gosh. am so old. <laughs> I know that's what happens. I just had um oh a young person in television come up to me the other day. This was oh. sort of life changing. Oh, no. And he's this young reporter and he works, um, you know, he's now they're like content creators, you know, that's what they are. And he works for a sports station in town. And I happen to be at this little event, um, at this, uh, menu tasting thing. Uh, One of our reporters was sick. And so I was like, I'll go. And so I went and it was really nice because I just, I just never am out seeing other media people at things because I'm hosting the show. So I'm just not out and about. It was really fun. I ran into a whole bunch of people. I had a wonderful time. But this young reporter came up to me and he just said, um, and I was actually sitting next to one of our sports anchors because he, he popped over there too. So, so Chris and I were sitting next to each other. And then this young guy comes up and he's like, Hey, you know, I just, I just had to come and introduce myself to you. I was really excited to see you. And he's like, I just think that like everything you do, you know, for us young, reporters and Chris next to me goes oh. up oh, stop there oh, you're gonna oh. need to stop there 
But he goes, this kid went on and he was just like, it's, I just like your style and what you bring. He was so kind and so complimentary and, um, he was lovely. And then he followed up with a really sweet, witty email later that he would just love to go to coffee and have a conversation. And, you know, that's all well and good. And I'd be happy to do that. But, um, it, I just thought like, oh, this is me now. Like, this is me now. (laughs) I remember when this was not me. Like, I remember, you know, when I first got to the Twin Cities and I would be like, oh my gosh, look who I'm, look who is like my colleague. Like, I can't even believe this, you know? And then now that's me because I'm 20 years in. The young ones are interesting. I had a, I had a, a, a lovely, lovely young woman who worked with me, um, for me who so smart. Yeah. Just so smart, you know, whipped through college, was getting into the business and was getting, you know, ton of job offers. And I was counseling her a little bit about what it meant to be a, you know, a young producer in a small market and what morning hours were like and all of those things. And (laughs) she was entertaining a lot of the offers and, and was feeling very proud of herself as she should be. And she said to me in the hallway, um, you know, I don't know what you're all going to do without me. I do basically was saying like, you won't know how to do, cause she was doing a lot of the technical stuff and yeah. you, know, you will, how will you, it's a little snottier than how will you get along without me? It's a little snottier than that. <laughs> and I adored her. And I said, why don't we go talk in my office for a moment? Oh, wow. Yeah. And just said, I'm, I'm trying to remember how I said it because it was maybe a tad harsher than it should have been. But I said, you may not realize what you said was so incredibly disrespectful to the people that have trained you. Wow. You are working with one of the most talented videographers I've ever worked with. And we will be fine once you go (sighs) and we will miss you. But I want you to know that when you said that, you may not have understood what you were actually saying. Oh, that was kind. It was, it, it, there were tears. <laughs> Listen, you know, I think I have had a similar, I had a real humbling moment, kind of along those lines, really, very early on in my career. And I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but I behaved very badly, like right. very badly. And I was talking about someone someone else who was up for a job and I thought that I should have that job over her. And so I, funnily enough, it ended up really coming around and biting me in the behind at my next job because somebody else did the exact same thing to me. And I, so, you know, there, karma. there's karma. Yeah. But she, um, but I really behaved badly and it got back to her what I'd said and what I was saying. Ooh. And I, um, I called her and it felt, you know, this got kids, we didn't have text messages. Like you had to call people. I called her and owned up to it and apologized. Good for and, you. um, and it was a real humbling moment because frankly, I kind of thought I was hot bleep. You know, yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm crushing it. Like I'd gotten to this, my first station, I was reporting for six weeks and then got handed the morning show and then started doing that. And I just thought like, Oh, I'm really, you know, and part of it was like, a lot of fear and overcompensating for some insecurity of like, am I really going to be able to do this? But, um, but I acted like a jerk. I was a total jerk and I've felt bad about it ever since. And I also do think it was a real humbling 
lesson. And then when it happened to me at my next station, I was better able to just be like, okay. And that person right. never did apologize, but I just, you got to well, just move well, My on. hope was in saying something to her because I, I still adore her is she's so, so bright and so, so on the fast track mm-hmm. that those kinds of things can derail you. Yeah. If you're not hyper aware of how you're talking, even it's okay to be self-impressed sometimes, but those are inside thoughts. Those are, yeah. those are, well, because you'll miss out on, on learning because you'll, people won't want to teach you because yeah. people will just be like, Oh, I don't care. You, so you'll, so I, it you know, it, it can, it can be. I'm not saying that one comment was, I just felt like I had such a good relationship with her that I could say that. Yeah. And do you also, still, when was the last time you talked to her? Uh, yeah, I saw, I, I saw her many times post that when I was living in Arizona. Good. So it's, it, it's fine. I hope it's fine. And she's welcome to call me because sometimes she listens to this podcast and she's welcome to call me and tell me that that was not a helpful conversation. And I'm open to that. <laughs> but part of it too is my hyper awareness of I was really full of myself at 23. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, uh, we, yeah, we are. And you, and then sometimes you learn that lesson and you probably learned that lesson at some oh, yeah. point. That's oh, what yeah. I'm, I, had, I just told you when I learned the lesson. Yeah. You know, it's, it's my lesson was very, very humbling. Um, very humbling, which we'll get into another time. Ooh. You, you, you just realize, and it, it, it was a good one. It's a good lesson. It's good to know, but yeah, how did we get here? I don't know. What is this episode about? Watch, read, <laughs> listen. I'm going to tell you what I'm listening to. I haven't even listened to it yet. I'm just telling you what I just downloaded in case you might want to download it too. Okay. Um, on Audible, Run Rose Run by James Patterson and Dolly Parton. I don't think we've talked about this at all. Oh, um, you but did? No, it, you mentioned this. It's a collaboration and they- The weirdest collaboration Yeah, ever. between these two. So the book is a thriller about a young singer-songwriter on the rise and on the run, determined to do whatever it takes to survive. So what's interesting is that they- uh, published the book and then Dolly came out with the album too. Um, and so they, they say this is this first time a number one bestselling author and an entertainment icon have collaborated on a book and an album. It's and the brilliant. album enhances the novel with 12 original songs by Dolly that tie into the storyline. So I'm not sure how they do it on the audible version. Uh, cause I literally just hit download, but this is going to be the next thing that I hit play on. So I just am letting you know because I'm not actually listening to it yet, but I will be. Well, that's brilliant for the Audible edition. I remember talking about this on the podcast a long time ago when I um, listened to Carly Simon's yeah. book and she would sing in between the chapters. So I'm guessing that they produced it somehow like that. I would hope so. There was some singing involved in Jessica Simpson's audiobook, which let me tell you, that one was very good. I Really? Oh my gosh. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it was so good. And if you know, I'm about her age, like I'm the same age as Britney Spears' Jessica Simpson, Christina Aguilera. And so the societal pressures of those three, like what they went through and then understanding, like, how did that translate to my little old normal life? It's fascinating. It's fascinating and sickening, really, when you go back and like and and relook at the way that society handled those three and their virginity of all things and how it was just a constant normal conversation to always ask these girls when they were like 16, 17, 18, if they were virgins or not. The horror, looking back on that, it is horrifying. And to think that we were a people that thought that that was just like, oh, well, of course they should be subjected to being asked that question in the 90s. 
Oh, that's mind blowing. Oh, that's crazy. How did we get there? There we are. I don't now, know, but that's, we're gonna... that's, and it's, I'm sort of, you sort of blew my mind with you're the same age as Britney Spears. I am. Because for some strange reason, she's sort of frozen in my mind at mm-hmm. one age. Yeah. Um, I did it but, again. But yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I watched. Did you recommend on this podcast the documentary about Yes, her? I'm sure I did. If I didn't recommend it here, yeah. I, I recommend it because I watched it. I may it. go back. I, I meant to watch that and now you're reminding me because I think that that's a really um, sad and interesting conversation about how those women were treated in the oh, Horrifying. Yeah. Totally horrifying. Well, now we end on Jessica Simpson and Britney Spears. All these things that we don't plan, but they show up on this podcast. Best of Always the best. do. Always do. And we started with how often do you change your sheets? What a journey it's been today. (laughs) Thanks for being with us, everybody. My nose is still cold. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts as well. Panamo writes to us, love this podcast. When I was working, their radio station was my go-to while commuting. I don't know why that I hitched on that word. Sorry. While commuting, love that they have paired up. Their age difference gives them such great perspectives. Yeah, that's true today, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I smile and laugh while on my walks now. Aww. That's why I picked this little review is because this makes me really happy, Panmo. I think of her out walking and smiling and laughing. And the amount of people who pop happy. over to me and say, I listen to your podcast while I'm on a walk. You guys are always along with me when I'm on a walk. It's that. You got to get to Minneapolis more. If you'd walk the streets here, you would encounter these nesters, and they are saltier. Find us us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.